Okay, so welcome to the Rolling with Sean Lewis podcast. Today I have my friend Drew Drawbridge. What's up, Drew? Oh, not much, man. Like I said, I'm, I'm honored and blessed to be on the podcast today. I'm sitting here in Helena, Oklahoma, which is in northern Oklahoma. It's about 30 miles northwest of Enid. So, Sean, thank you for letting me come on with you, buddy. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for being on the show today. Um, you're welcome. I mean, you have known each other about year. Um, we met last year, right? Yeah, towards the end of last year, we met through a mutual friend of ours. I call her Aunt Faye. I've known her since I was a little kid. Um, I know you went to church with her in, T- in, in Tulsa area. Yeah. But it's Faye, Faye and Sam Wiley. I've known them forever. Um, and she connected us. So. Yeah. And we, we, we've had a chance to hang out. I hear in Tulsa when you came to visit a friend before. So. Yeah. Um, well, you know, on my podcast, I'm all about helping people overcome challenges. And you know, I yeah. believe, I believe that we can do anything we want to do. We just have to find a different way to do it. And yeah, I know you uh, face a lot of challenges in your life. Um, can you tell? Can you tell the viewers a little bit about you growing up? Yeah, I uh, I grew up. I'm originally. I was born in Woodward, Oklahoma, uh, which is Western Oklahoma, and my family moved to the Enid area in the '90s. And we, my dad, got saved in the early '90s. And growing up, I had asthma as a child, and I uh, basically my mom had to carry an inhaler with her everywhere we went. And one night in church, I uh, had a bad asthma attack and I was writing a paper for school and I got some details on that. So um, I actually died on my parents' lap and from an asthma attack in church and God healed or God brought me back and he healed me uh, from asthma. Wow, man, that's incredible. Yeah. So I found that out when I was writing a paper when I was in Bible college. So, um, so I was, like I said, growing up, um, I'm the middle child. I have an older brother and a younger sister. So, you know, middle child children always get in trouble, I guess the worst. Um, <laughs> but no, I was, I was always not that, not athletic. Um, I, my, I struggled, I guess, to try to fit in, stuff like that. Um, so, so I love playing sports and stuff, but I was I was just never fully had that athletic ability, so to speak. But um, anyway, growing up, my parents uh, weren't that wealthy. My mom, she worked hard. She uh, detailed cars, mowed yards. And so I grew up doing that as a child. Yeah. Um, and everything. And so I grew up, my mom said, my mom owned a detail business in Enid, Oklahoma. And I remember helping her detail cars. 
and yeah. doing my and doing my homework at the shop. And then summertime, like I said, we mowed yards, and that was. And then I worked at a when I turned sixteen, I worked at a grocery store. Okay. Uh, while I was in school and stuff like that, but um, I played high school baseball, and growing up, I never was able to run, and we, nobody could figure out why, and and everything else. My upper body moved faster than my lower, right, um, and everything, and so. So during that time, you know, like I said, nobody could figure out why. Um, and then uh, after high school, I went to the Navy. I enlisted in the military between my junior and senior year. And so I thought I was going to go and serve in the military. And Okay. Yeah. So, but, got, you know, things turned around. I uh, didn't make it. I didn't make it all the way through boot camp. I failed my run by two seconds. Uh, in the oh, Navy, you, so in the Navy, you have a series of tests that you have to do uh, during basic, and you have a swim test that you have to do. You have um, sit-ups and push-ups. You have to do so many in the, in a certain amount of time, and then you have a then you have a mile and a half run. Yeah, excuse me, sorry. You have a mile and a half run, and I had to run. Uh, in the time of 12 minutes and 15 seconds. And okay. and so, but I failed that by two seconds. And then uh, during that season, I was crushed. I mean, I was a 18, 19 year old kid thinking that that was it. You know, I had everything figured out and I failed my run by two seconds. And so okay. I, so I, I came back home and, and, battling some depression and stuff like that. Um, felt like a failure for a good chunk of my life because of that. But when I came back home as well in 2003, I, um, December of 2003, I was actually hit by a semi oh, uh, hauling, hit, uh, hauling fuel. I was driving. I was heading to Enid from Helena which is about 30 minutes and I was crossing an intersection and a guy hauling fuel uh, hit right behind my driver's side on my, in my truck. And actually I walked away from it. I uh, no injuries, no nothing on my end. And uh, God protected me from that. That's and I a, walked away. That's a miracle right there, bro. Yeah, that is a huge miracle. And so anyway, but still growing up, I battled depression. Um, really, what I wasn't following Jesus. I grew up in church, but I was never really, I was never following Jesus. Stuff like that. I drank, I chewed tobacco. I, I had a cuss like crazy and slept around and I was addicted to porn as well. Growing, you know, and all that. I got, a, I got, um, um, introduced to pornography when I was young at a young age. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, it was one of those things that I battled for a while and even into my adulthood and stuff like that. So, um, anyway, uh, did some odd jobs, you know, rented a house, my parents and Enid, uh, that I grew up in stuff like that. And in 2006, I actually tried to commit suicide. Oh, wow. I, man. So, yeah. And 
in the process of trying to commit suicide, I got a phone call from my mom asking me to come home and have dinner. And they didn't know the full details of everything until I shared my testimony years later in, in a church service. Yeah. And so that phone call saved my life again from committing suicide. Um, anyway, like, and so bounced around, got in trouble actually for partying, uh, threw a party at the house I, uh, that I was renting for my mom and dad and got kicked out and was told to go to live with my grandmother in Woodward, Oklahoma. And so I, okay. I went there. So I spent a year um, living with her, working at McDonald's in Woodward, Oklahoma. And I, um, all that stuff. And then um, 2008, I got a phone call from a friend of mine I actually went to college with at Northern Oklahoma College in Tonkawal. His okay. dad went. And so his dad was a plant manager for a company that built natural gas plants. Okay. And they lived, they lived in broken or they lived in Tulsa area. And so 2008, I moved to Tulsa and I went to work building natural, helping build natural gas plants. And I lived in Tulsa from 2008 to 2017. Okay. And so during that time, I was drinking, partying, now making decent money, had my own apartment, whatever I, you know, just lived a, what I call, what I call a good old boy lifestyle. Okay. Um, you know, and everything, I didn't, you know, I wasn't tied down to nothing. Um, everything else, I cussed like crazy and, you know, sleeping around and all that. Well, 2011, I got invited to a young adult service at Victory Christian Center in Tulsa. Okay. Right, right there across from ORU. And I got invited to the young adult service and I walk in and halfway through service, I'm ready to get down front. Uh, and I'm just crying my eyes out. Man, that service, I don't remember the minister. I don't remember the minister. Sorry, I got the yawns. Sorry. Um, That's all right. It happens. (laughs) Yeah. And so I don't remember the service. I don't remember the message or anything like that. And it was like everything around me went silent. It was just me and God in the auditorium. Yeah. And so I ended up giving my heart to Jesus that night. And I, um, went back to work and one of the guys I work with asked me what was different. And he go, I go, man, I gave my heart to Jesus and he was good. Keep it up. And those seeds were planted in me through uh, going to church, uh, growing up in church when I was younger, it all came back to me that night. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, uh, yeah, I believe once those seeds are planted, they never leave. And, and you know, I believe that God has a purpose, a dream, and destiny for all of us. And, you know, it sounds like he's brought you through a lot. Um, yeah. I'm going to fast forward you just a little bit. I recently, uh, uh, you had some stuff happen. Um, 
Yeah, um, I see. I moved home in 2017, um, and starting uh, in 2018, early 2018, uh, I actually was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. Okay, it's called actually it's called it's called limbs girdle muscular dystrophy, which it affects the muscles in your in, starting in your lower body. I went to the doctor. And I don't know, I started having some stability issues. Um, like one minute I'll be fine. The next minute, if I take a step, my knee would buckle. You, you, I, you've always, you've always had those instability issues. You just didn't know what they were at the time. Right. Yeah. It goes back to like playing baseball. A lot of um, people wonder why my upper body moved faster than my lower. Um, and everything else. And so something I was born with that actually we didn't catch until about 2018-ish. And so... Um, right, and that, that, has you know, to, that has to do with uh, genes that can lay dormant until, um, in your case, they lay dormant until later on in life. Yeah, yeah. And so... You know, uh, the lady we went to the doctor and she could tell through my pant legs that my upper thighs and muscles in my upper legs were basically deteriorating. And so we went to a specialist and everything else. And I was diagnosed with lens girdle muscular dystrophy. And um, so that was early 2018. And then uh, my dad passed away the day after Thanksgiving. Okay. In tw- in 2018, and so my family went through that. Um, and then 2019, I ended up moving in with my mom. I m- bought a house with her, and during this time too, I was I worked as a hospice chaplain. Okay. Uh, from I did that from 2017 till 2021, and um, so um, it was 2019 that we got the house and. Slowly, the dist- muscular dystrophy stuff kept, you know, deteriorating. We were going to specialists and stuff, and there'd be days like I'd be fine, everything'd be great, and then there'd be days to where I would step off a curb, and literally my knee would buckle, and I was having also trouble. Um, it, if I like sit down in a chair and it's, it's real low to the ground or and all that, I could not get back. I couldn't get back up without assistance. Right. Um. Or or if I got on my knees on the ground, I couldn't get back up again. And so it, it, it started to progress and everything. And so, but I, I man, I, when I was managing while I was working and, and everything else and just getting through it, I'd even, uh, I'd, I'd fall like on my way into work and I'd get back up and try to just shake it off and try to hide it. Yeah. And well, I always, you know, I always, um, Tell people that we may not be able to control every situation we're in, but we can control our attitude, our mm-hmm. our decisions, and our choices moving forward. Can you talk about uh, some decisions that you made or choices you made to help you learn to navigate the situation that you're currently currently dealing with? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
one is having to really just humble myself and accept the help from my parents or from my mom, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Um, also, during this time in 2020, I, I've had from 20, May of 2020 till March of last year, I had uh, three major seizures. Okay. They found two spots in the front part of my brain. Uh, my first one in May, I, I was helping my brother-in-law and sister uh, redo the flooring in their house. We took a break from doing it for a minute. And then next thing I know, I'm waking up in an ambulance heading to Enid. And it's like I just blacked out for a minute. My second one, I was sitting in the chair, in a chair doing some stuff for work. And I had another seizure. And I woke up with two EMTs at my feet in my living room trying to get my vitals and stuff like that. And then my last one was my last major one was in um, March of last year. I was heading to work and I was in an accident because I blacked out as I was driving to a patient's house and I woke up in the hospital. Well, during that time, my parent and my family, they pulled the plug on me driving uh, because, because I had an accident while, well, you know, because of a seizure. And so, and also my leg, the deterioration of my legs. So Having to, I had to humble myself because I'm very, I'm very independent and always have been. I, I get that. I, I'm very, um, I like to be independent. I can't, even though I'm physically dependent on people for a lot of stuff, I try to be as independent as I can. So I can, I I can only imagine my friend what it was like for you because you grew up playing baseball. You, uh, you actually went to Africa and worked for a while. You've done a lot of stuff that um, made you very independent. So I'm glad you, you had to make huge adjustments. Um, yeah. But you know what? What I um, what I always remind people is, you know, we can't, um, we can't do anything on our own anyway. No, no person is island in. We need other people's help, and we need guys' help, um, for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. How how have you made those adjustments? How has that been? How has that been for you to make those adjustments? It's been difficult at times, but it's also been a major blessing. Um, my uh, my family they they drive. You know, if I need to go somewhere, I schedule with them. Um, I, uh, April of last year, I, uh, got a phone call to pastor a church in Northern Oklahoma, which is about 20 minutes from where I live. Yeah. And, and so, uh, my, every Sunday morning, my mom, she takes me up to the church and we go to church together and she drives me up there and drives me home. Um, my brother-in-law. I'll go out with him to check cows or do farm work and stuff like that. Um, Like I said, if I need to go somewhere, I I coordinate with him. I have, I use the, uh, the use of a walker. Uh, Like if I'm out in public, if if I'm out in public and stuff like that. Also my family, they actually got me a golf cart. And so when I'm, 
when I'm around town. Hey, did, um, you, did you soup it up? Did you put nitrous on it yet? Not yet, man. I don't know. If, I think the nitrous might blow up the battery. It's a battery-powered yeah. golf cart. So uh, we, need um, to, we need to get <laughs> Tim, the tool maintainer, on it to soup it up. Remember that, Joe? Yeah, yeah. I've, well, I've got a butter. I've got a buddy of mine too that's very mechanical. So, um, so anyway, but yeah, so I got a golf cart I drive around town in when the weather's good. And that, that, that allows me to like, uh, when we have a sporting event, like a baseball game here in town, I'll go do that. Or if I need to go to the grocery store or something like that, I can just go up there and get some stuff. But, um, and then like I said, I'm, I use the, the assistance of a walker. Uh, when I'm out in public and stuff like that or, or whatever. But so I, my family, they take me whenever I need to go somewhere. They, and my brother-in-law told me uh, after I lost my ability to drive, we were, we were in the truck and we were going out doing some farm work and stuff. And my brother-in-law said, he goes, he goes, man, I want to tell you something. He goes, don't you ever feel like a burden? You're not a burden. And it just like it was like wow, it was a God moment as we're driving to the out to the farm. And he goes, man, he goes, you're not a burden, and don't he goes, get that out of your head right now because you're not a burden. That's good, man. Well, I'm I'm glad you have um, awesome family support. I'm blessed to have incredible support around me too. Uh, One of the one of the things I like about you, Drew, is even though you you deal with these challenges. You don't let them define who you are, what you're about, or whether or not you can accomplish the things you're trying to do. And I, you know that, I, you know that God has a purpose for you, and uh, you still do the things that you want to do in spite of, uh, in spite of the challenges you face. Uh, that's what I want people to see from the show: uh, that we are not defined by our challenges. But we can do whatever we want to do in spite of them. Amen. So, um, uh, what is the biggest thing you feel? Uh, you feel like you've had that's taking you the, the the longest to learn. What is taking me the longest to learn? Yes. To um. Probably to receive help and not feel not feel like to not feel like I'm um, to not feel like I'm a failure, uh, and that's that's something that I've had to on a daily basis lay down and surrender that, um, and it. Be, and so, and to be more open with everything. Yeah, because I think I think uh, it's just a human instinct sometimes uh, for us uh, to wear a mask. And if somebody says, "How are you doing?" We immediately say, "I'm fine. I'm good." Because you know, our default, yep. our default situation. Our default sometimes 
as humans is to not let anybody in or not let anybody know we have trouble. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's when we can let go and let people in that we can experience uh, life in a brand new way because then we can I shared life uh, more openly, more openly, and more honestly with people. Yeah, and, and we realize, um, at least uh, for me, I know it's this way in your case that uh, you know sometimes as humans we try to do things on our own in our own strength, but the Bible says. Um, we're not meant to do it on our own. Uh, we're meant to rely on God. And yeah. for, me, uh, for me as a Christian, and I know for you as a Christian too, uh, that's important. Uh, you know, I have uh, people of all kinds that listen to this show. Um, but, you know, that that's something that's real important to me. Yeah. And I know you too. Yeah. Uh, um. What? Um. What is? You've had some. Uh. You've had about four four years of knowing you've been diagnosed with this, even though you you dealt with it all your life. Uh, yeah. Four years ago, you found out what your diagnosis was. Uh, yeah. What What was your reaction when you first? found out uh, what you were doing for sure. I don't know. It's kind of a shock, I guess. Um, and it kind of, you know, it also kind of answers some questions too. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's like the understanding of why I couldn't run um, playing sports and stuff. Um, but also it was a shock. It was, it was kind of like, Oh, wow. Okay. And at, at that time, my initial diagnosis, I didn't know how bad it was going to get. Um, I didn't know how, uh, um, how much it would deteriorate, I guess you'd say, my legs and stuff. Uh, and the challenges coming up that I have now with certain mobi uh, mobility and everything else. Um, so it was – I had to – yeah, probably that. Like I said, it, it answered questions, but also the shock. Of, wow, okay. And then – uh, you you had to go through a time of, you know, reframing your life, deciding how you were going to approach it, right? Because, yeah. you know, because, uh, you know, I know sometimes we're faced with a crossroad in life, like I said earlier. Uh, we may not have control over the circumstances we find ourselves in, but we do have control over our attitude and choices uh, moving forward. I know after uh, getting um, getting saved and you felt 
called in the ministry, you went to Bible college, and now you're a minister, like you said. But you yeah. know, um, uh, you know, I believe that God, uh, God doesn't cause us uh, to be in these situations, but if we allow God, He can use us right where we're at. Not that He created us to be in this situation, but He can yeah. use. He can use right where we're at if we we'll, yeah. if we allow ourselves to be used. Yeah, you know, God's not the author of our of our sickness. God's not the you know, He's not the author of of um the illness. But you know, what the devil is meant for harm, God turns around for the good. I believe and, that. Yeah. I believe that, and and if someone if someone's having to be listening to this and they're facing exactly what you're going through right now, what would you what would you want to encourage them with? What would you want to say to them? Put your focus on Jesus. Um, you know, you still have breath in your lungs. God can still work through you. Um, don't get discouraged. Um, you're blessed to have family that are and people that are willing to help you and walk with you through it. Just trust in the Lord and trust in the people that he brings across your path. Um, and God's going to give you a message through, through this situation. Um, you just have to just stay faithful and trust in him in the midst of it all. And also he's bigger than the doctor's reports. Um, yes, we go to doctors to, you know, to get the help we need as far as that, but, and the doctor's reports can be overwhelming. The diagnoses can be overwhelming at times. But we have to take those diagnoses. We have to take that diagnosis. We have to take those reports and we have to lay them at the foot of the cross and give them to the Lord because he had, he is the healer. Whether we're healed, whether we receive the healing here on this earth or we receive it when we go to heaven, God is the, he is our healer. Jesus is our healer and we have to turn to him. Amen. Uh, the Bible says to look unto him, for he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. And I believe that, um, I believe that, you know, our circumstances don't define us. Number one, God defines us. And number two, we define ourselves. We decide how we're going to be, how we're going to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, for me, I I don't I don't know about you you how you feel. Maybe you can speak to this a little bit. But I believe that for me, I believe happiness is a choice. I believe happiness is not external based on your circumstances. Happiness is a choice you make every day to wake up and find stuff you enjoy, find activities you enjoy. Find parts of your life that you enjoy. You're not denying that there's 
hard stuff you're going through, right? You're not denying that. You're not saying that it doesn't exist. But uh, for me, I choose to focus on the stuff I can't control. Yeah. You know, that's exactly right, man. It's, it's, you got to find a way to do something different. You got to, um, and you got to make that choice. Yeah. You know, I, have I battled depression through this? Yeah, I have. Have I struggled with making those changes? Yeah, I have, but I've had to make the choice to snap out of it and say, you know, going out with my brother-in-law every now and then to go check cows or uh, feed stock, you know, water to the cows or whatever, and just go hanging out um, with him. Um, I love going to sporting events here in town um, to support the local high school and stuff. My nieces who play ball and stuff like that, going to their ball games and stuff. Um, I'm connected with, uh, the pastor, one of the pastors here in town, uh, go to a men's fellowship thing once a month. Um, I have a, a podcast of my own called Journey 960 that I do. Uh, I minister at a church. God opened the door for me to preach at a church. But also, um, in the summertime, I like to go fishing. Uh we have a couple farm ponds that, that we're, we have access to. Um, and so I'm able to go with my brother-in-law every now and then in the summer, spring and summer, and go fishing. And so what I do, you know, and so I can take my walker and the way it's set up, I can use it as a seat and I can go fishing. So, so, yeah. so you found another way to participate in the things you enjoy and the activities you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You're not saying, oh, I can't do this because I have this challenge. I can't do that because I have this challenge. You're saying, and this is what I want to encourage uh, my listeners with today, you're saying that in spite of these challenges, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to find a different way to do what I want to do. That's what I'm hearing you're saying right right now right yeah yeah exactly man um you just got to find a different way to do it um you know and and one of my buddies he keeps encouraging me uh he goes man you just got to find a hobby you got to find something you know he uh and so i like taking pictures too my family my mom and then they just bought a farm and so not to, uh, late last year, we bought a farm and I like taking pictures and where I live out here in uh, Northwest Oklahoma, you it's wide open country. And yeah. so I can go out, I can step out my door, go a few blocks down and I can go out and see for miles. Well, in the spring, in the summer, we have some of the most beautiful sunsets and sunrises you can think of. And so in, I go out to my family farm, which is not too far from the house and I can get some awesome pictures. And so, like I said, you got to find a hobby. You got to find something like you said, different 
And and so yeah, it just you got to make that choice. So yeah, and I know, I know for you and me, something we both rely on real heavily is our faith. You know, um, my mm-hmm. faith, my faith is very important to me, but I. I'm very, uh, you know, just like you have photography and stuff, I'm very blessed that I have all different kind of hobbies that I'm uh, involved in. I'm in, involved in endurance sports and all different kind of stuff. Here coming, yeah. up, here coming up real soon, we're going to get you out there, man. I hope. I, I hope so, man. Uh, I was going to do one in uh, over Thanksgiving, but unfortunately, I got COVID during that time and had to back out. But yeah, man, I'm looking. That's one of my next things I'm going to do is is uh, hopefully this spring and summer I'm going to get out and go go do one. So, well, that's awesome. We're great to have you out there. Well, hey, Drew, it's been great to have you on the show today. Yeah, buddy. How how can my listeners find your podcast and what you do because? I want them to be able to connect with you as well, sir. Yeah, just friend me on Facebook. It's under my name, Drew Drawbridge. You can friend me on Facebook, and everything is right there. Um, hopefully here soon, I'm going to be actually be working on a website and getting that up and going. Um, and so doing that, and also uh, during that, like I said, you friend me on Facebook, and you can actually watch – uh, online services at my church. We last year we started doing online services, so Sunday mornings at eleven a.m. You can get on my Facebook page and you can watch uh, all of our live po- uh, broadcasts from uh, our church. My church is called Nescatongo Bible Church. It's a small fishing community up around Salt Plains Lake. Uh, in Salt Plains State Park in northern Oklahoma. So just like I said, friend me on Facebook. My, it's under my name, Drew Drawbridge. And um, you can, like I said, everything's on there. So Awesome, man. Well, thanks for uh, being on the show so much today. And then we'll do this again real soon, man. God bless you. God bless you too, Sean, and thank you, sir, for having me on, man. And like I said, man, I'm blessed to have you in my life, man. You're welcome. Thank you very much. I feel the same way about you, bro. Bye-bye. Amen. All right, bye, buddy. See you later, man. All right.